Hello and welcome to the Right For Your Life podcast. Today I'm joined by Sean Mahalik and we're going to be talking about a really interesting subject and one that we haven't talked about before on the podcast and that's um, novellas and I guess short fiction but not really short fiction, fiction. so not short stories, not novels, that kind of gap in between. And um, the reason that we've got Sean on to talk about that is because he has written one and it's called The Flute Player. So uh, welcome Sean. Hi, thank you for having me. No problem at all. And um, let's kick off by um, hearing from you. Can you tell us a little bit more about uh, who you are and uh, what you do? Uh, yeah, like uh, like you said, I'm Sean Mahalik. I'm um, I'm a writer. I recently wrote a novella called The Flute Player. Well, actually, I wrote it a long time ago. But I recently published a novella called The Flute Player. Um, and I'm working on some other stuff, but uh, The Flute Player was my first published work. And and is your is your background in writing? Is that that's, that your kind of? Yeah, I actually originally got started in journalism. At least I originally went to college for journalism um, before leaving. So that's kind of where my writing background started, actually. And then later transitioned into fiction. Just over the last couple of years, uh, my interests and as far as uh, what I wanted to write kind of evolved. Okay, well, maybe that's something we can talk about as well because it's always interesting to see how people go from one form of writing to another. It's, uh, sure, absolutely. I kind of went the opposite way around. I started writing fiction and ended up being a copywriter. I don't know how that <laughs> happened. Okay, so um, so let's get started. Your 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 novella, The Flute Player, what made you write a novella in the first place? So before we get to the whole um, uh, way it was published and all that kind of thing, why a novella in the first place? Um, it probably didn't originally start out as a novella. It's, it's interesting because it's, it's only about 20,000 words in its final published form, but took me all said and done, maybe five years to write as far, at least as far as getting to the final project. I wrote it when I was, when I was in high school, I was, um, I think I was like 17 or 18 when I actually first started writing it. And in my mind at the time, I was writing a novel, and even when it was done, I said, oh, I wrote this novel, and it was maybe 30,000 words, so it definitely wasn't a novel, and um, it was also terrible, and I let it just sit there for a while, um, for years, actually, and then when the time came um, for me, when I had the opportunity to potentially publish it, and I went back and rewrote it. I ended up cutting out a good 10,000 words, so it became even less of a novel and was definitely decidedly a novella at that point, just because it it didn't... I would have... I almost wanted it to be longer while I was writing it, but I couldn't conceive of any way or any anything that would have benefited the story or the characters or just the book overall by adding anything. See, that's really interesting because that's what I thought that you might say, and it's an experience that I had with... With my novel, uh, A.S. for Angelica, I thought I'd finished at around forty to 45,000 words. Now, that probably is slightly longer than what people consider to be um, a novella, but it's also not really what people consider to be a novel. It was it was kind of in no man's land, but I just felt like the, the story was, was finished, and um, I didn't think that there was any more to write, I guess. Is that how, is that, is that how you kind of felt? Yeah, it was ex- that's exactly how uh, exactly how I felt, and I tried to force myself to add more to it. Mm. And in the end, all that stuff, the just I don't know if the writing wasn't as good, 
because I was forcing it, but I just ended up cutting it even before I submitted it to the, the publisher. It just adding to it, which just wasn't working. Yes. But, and I think that's the temptation a lot of the time. I think, um, one of the quite a common complaints from, uh, agents and, um, and I guess publishers as well is that uh, manuscripts are just way too long. And I think there is, as, as I've said lots of times on the podcast, writing is editing basically. And I mm-hmm. think people, they feel like the more there is, then the, the, the better it will be. And, um, and I, I mentioned this before we started recording, but I think, I think there is this perception of length equating to, um, value in some way, which is not something I've ever subscribed to, but I do think that quite often some writers, writers do have that feeling. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I'm still trying to convince myself that that's not the case, even because I have a, a novella, or not a novella, a novel coming out um, towards the end of the year, sometime around September. And even that is only about 53,000 words or so. So I don't know. I think I'm trying to convince myself maybe I just can't write long work. <laughs> well, 50,000 words is, is getting there. It's not far off a, <laughs> a decent sized novel. I think, I think, sure. um, I think Angelica ended up being about sixty to sixty-five thousand, somewhere in between there, um, which is still a short novel. It's about two hundred and fifty pages. It's not. It's not especially long. Mm-hmm. Um, do you like reading short stuff? Uh, Shorter yeah, stuff? yeah, I do. I I alternate alternate between reading short and long stuff. I mean, some of my favorite writers only write long stuff, like Jonathan Franzen. Mm. Um, I don't think he's ever written anything short. No. Um, but yeah, I like to read short stuff too. Um, even stuff written more for children, stuff like uh, Neil Gaiman. Yeah, stuff that he writes. He writes. I think most of his stuff is short, maybe with the exception of American Gods. Everything else he's written is pretty short. But uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, so I don't know. I alternate between reading short and long. I think they're they can both hold my attention. And usually, it's really it's it's always about the story, isn't it? So if it's um, yeah. a, a story, can be told in as many words as it needs to be told. I, I suppose. I do think there is something to say for attention, though, as a writer now, mm. especially now in the age of the ebook and technology. I think people have shorter attention spans. So I think there's a case to be made for shorter work being able to reach more people. Almost sort of trying to tap into a, a new audience or or a changing audience. A changing audience, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I hadn't really thought about it in that way. Um, but it is true. I know that my attention span is all over the place. That might be to do with having twins, but, um, yeah, I can barely concentrate on a book for more than 20 minutes these days. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, so you had this, you had um, uh, the flute player uh, finished, and what happened then? You just sort of left it for a couple of years? Um, how did, what was the next step? Yeah, it's it sat there for a couple of years, and I kind of forgot about it, and forgot about writing fiction altogether. And that's when I moved into journalism. And when uh, the opportunity presented itself for me to potentially publish something, I was actually working on my upcoming novel at the time, but it wasn't anywhere near done. I see. And when. Um, Asymmetrical Press, who published my book, when they actually came to me, it was an interesting experience. They actually, I didn't go to them. We, we kind of, I met the publishers through other means. And when the time came, they, knowing I was um, something of a writer, asked me if I had anything they, I would want for them to consider publishing. There were no guarantees there. And 
on the one hand, I had this novel that I was working on, but I didn't feel comfortable presenting it to them. I didn't know how to write a book proposal. Yeah. But then I thought to myself, well, I've got this, I've got this novella. And I, I said to them, I said, yeah, I'll get back to you very soon. And I actually took a little while and rewrote the novella. And that's what I ultimately submitted to them. And in doing so, sold both books. Fantastic. So you, you said that you came to them by unusual means. Can you tell us a bit more about this? Uh, it sounds um, it sounds like an interesting way of uh, of doing things, and a, and a very very good way of doing things for you too. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely definitely interesting. Um, the well, Asymmetrical Press—they're the publishers of my book, and they're actually a publishing company that was founded fairly recently. An independent publishing company founded by. Um, Joshua Fields Milburn and Ryan Nicodemus of TheMinimalists.com and Colin Wright of My, My Exile Lifestyle. And all three of them are best-selling authors. So what had happened was when The Minimalists, Josh and Ryan, decided to uh, write their own nonfiction book, this was probably two years ago, they just sent out a call on Twitter for um, volunteers to beta read and maybe edit, try and catch a catch typos, stuff like that, before they send it off to professionals, which I think is always a great idea before uh, before submitting something. Definitely have a few people you trust kind of beta or alpha read it for you. Yeah. But I volunteered to do that, and um, they were they really liked my feedback. And Josh was in the process of writing a novel um, called As a Decade Fades, which he published, I think, la- end of last year. And he asked me if I would be willing to do the same thing I'd done um, for their first book, but in a more substantial way. And I said, of course. And this was all via Twitter. This was the only communication we'd had at that point. And so I said, sure, and kind of got to know them both, basically through their work and through my comments on their work. And then while they were touring for their first book last spring, um, was about the same time they were setting up this publishing company. And I... Uh, went to one of their their tour stops and really got to know them uh, well there. And a few weeks later, they asked me um, if I if I had anything that they basically said we're starting up this publishing company, and we'd love to consider taking you on as one of our first published authors. Do you have anything you'd like for us to consider? So yeah, that's. Pretty amazing story. I mean, it's it's fantastic. I mean, I've I've never talked about this, but I, um, uh, and I don't really know why. But I, I, it's not quite the same. But I found my um, my agent um, and um, yeah, I guess not so much my publisher, but I found my, I found my agent basically by through someone who I knew online. It wasn't by um, <clears throat> it wasn't by the normal means of kind of searching through the. Um, uh, writers and artists handbook that comes out every year. It was um, it was just someone who I knew, not in person, not in real life. Um, I just sort of knew them via Tumblr. Imagine that. Not even, not wow. even. You know, was amongst the cat gifts, there was um, <laughs> something more. And um, yeah, I just um, I just uh, asked someone who I knew had worked in publishing. Have you got any recommendations? <clears throat> Excuse me. And they said yes. And one of those was Tibor Jones, who was the agent um, I ended up signing up with. And um, yeah, it's amazing it can happen, isn't it? It seems crazy, and a lot of people don't. People who don't use the web in the way that I'm assuming you do, and 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 I do, mm-hmm. um, it's it's hard to kind of fathom that that's even possible. It's kind of why we, almost why would someone 
be interested if they hadn't met you because the, the publishing industry traditionally has been founded very much on uh, going out for a nice cup of coffee with someone in person or maybe even meeting them at a, some kind of literary party or do. And, yeah. um, you know, it's a very much a face-to-face kind of industry, which is, I think, partly why it's struggling to come to terms with what's happening now. But yeah. it does, it happens. Stories like yours happen, and, and, and yours is uh, it is amazing, but I, I bet it's not especially unique. Yeah, it's prob- probably not. Um I think it's something we're going to see a lot more of um, just in the next couple of years. Sorry, I'm coughing here. I'm trying to put the microphone on mute. I'm, I'm, I've, it's like I've swallowed some kind of furball. I do apologise. That's all right. <laughs> um, so, and they had no qualms about it being um, a short piece of fiction. Were they expecting a novel? What, 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 how, how did you feel when you were pitching the, the novella? Did you think, gosh, are they going to think, are they going to think that this is cheating almost? <laughs> you know, how, how did you feel about doing it, and how did they respond when it was a uh, when it was a novella? There, there are a couple a couple things there. Um, Cause I did, they did know that I had a no, a novel in the works at the same time I was working on the novel and I it was maybe a quarter of the way done and I hadn't expected to, to try and uh, pitch it to anybody for probably another year or so, but they knew I had it. I did tell them, I said, I have this novel. And for a minute they, they said, they said, get us, get us something in a month. And for a minute there, I thought to myself, oh, okay, well, I, I'm going to finish this novel in a month. But that was ridiculous. And then I, that's when it occurred to me that I did have the novella. And I went back to them. And I said, I'm working on a novel. That's what I'm really interested in publishing at some point in the future. But I do have a complete novella. So I kind of wrote a pitch for the novel, told them what it was about, and sent that along with a with the novella. And the novella was more of the representation of my writing. And it actually, they were very willing to publish it. And it actually ended up playing into the, the publishing, the overall publishing strategy. Um, and another author that they have published coming out um, within the next couple months, they actually decided to do the same sort of strategy, publish a shorter work first and then a longer work after. Um, the The goal with that being there's now something, there's, there's a taste of the writer on the market. Mm. Um, so people can read that and, you know, novella, it's, it's priced cheaper. So yes. people might be more willing to pay for that and before they're willing to pay for something longer. And then on the other uh, the other side, people who then later were to discover the author, discover me through the novel, there's something else on the market for them to go back and read and further explore the author. So I think it, it worked out well um, the way they ended up, I guess, playing off of that, the, the way they ended up developing developing that. Yeah, and it's actually, in, in, again, if, we, if, you, if you went down a, a more conventional traditional route with publishing and you presented um uh, say a collection of short stories first it's quite common for a publisher to say actually we, we want to publish a novel first so that people because people buy novels people don't buy short fiction they right. don't they don't buy short stories so you get you get your novel finished we'll we'll, we'll publish your novel and then we promise we'll put the collection of uh, short stories out out after that once you've got some kind of established name or platform but this is the other way around, and I, it kind of makes more sense to do it the way around that you're talking about. I've always thought that, fine, the short stories may not sell as much, but as long as you can kind of prov- prove to your publisher or prospective publisher that there is a novel in the works and this is not going to be a one-off collection, then 
short fiction is a fantastic introduction to to a, to an author. I, yeah, exactly. I agree. So, how about editing it? So, I, I we touched on the fact that you kind of felt like the story had finished, but the shorter a story is, in my opinion, it's often the the harder to write because it has to be so tight. The story the story has less. It has fewer places to go. Almost, it can. You, you have less space to experiment and warble and kind of expand lots of storylines. You have to make sure that your core story is fantastic and it's absolutely, you know, extremely tight. Is that kind of was that your thinking and when you were writing? Is was there a special way of editing it, especially now? <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm off again. Especially now that you've written a um, a longer piece as well. What what's what? How does that work? What was the difference? Um. Definitely, uh, probably the major difference is in that the novella, the flute player, like you said, there really is just the core story. Um, there, are, there's a small handful of main characters. There's really two main characters and one or two supporting characters, and there, there are no side, no side stories, no, um, no other plots beside the besides the core story there. And whereas with a novel, there was room to explore that and explore the side characters, give them, give them their own backgrounds, their own stories. And I didn't do that with the novella. And in one sense, I think what that actually allows you to do is while you can't explore as many ideas or themes as you might be able to explore in a novel, you can explore that one theme, one or two themes really well. Hmm. Even though you're you don't have as many words or as many pages to to write it, that the book almost becomes that becomes the theme. There are no there's nothing else to detract from from the main theme. Yeah, absolutely. No, it makes it makes perfect sense. And a really good example of that was um, uh, Julian Bond's Sense of an Ending, which won the Booker Prize, I think, in 2011 mm-hmm. here in the UK. Um, and you know Julian Barnes, usually you know very well known author, usually writes full length novels, and um, and and it was um, it was fairly I think I think pretty unique for um, such a short novel. I think it's a hundred sorry novella. I think it's one hundred and fifty pages to uh, to win the Booker and to get that kind that level of recognition. It's kind of the ultimate literary prize, and um, and it was won by this um, short piece of fiction, and and I read it and it was great, and I think. Um, the fact that it focused on this sort of one one storyline, there wasn't, um, of course, the, you know, there was plenty of plenty of backstory and 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 all that kind of thing, the usual things that you get in any good good story. But the crux of it was was quite um, tight. It was really well constructed and, and and really streamlined, and and it worked. It was perfect for that book. It was perfect for that story, and um, and um, yeah, it got huge recognition. It was, I think a, a fairly watershed moment actually in 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 terms of short fiction not necessarily novellas but the, the 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 fact that such a major writer had won such a major prize with a shorter piece i think was really quite significant yeah although having said that the following year or um yeah the following year or maybe it was this year uh, hillary mantel won and her book was about 600 pages so maybe it wasn't <laughs> that much of a watershed moment after all yeah maybe we'll see it again though yeah, I think so. Um, what are your favourite um, short authors? I, I I love short stories, by the way. I, I don't read them anywhere near as much as I as I should, but I, I used to read quite a lot. And um, and I have some. My favourite authors are also really really good short story writers. I wondered if you had any particular favourites. 
Mm, oh, I already mentioned Neil Gaiman. Yes. Uh, I would definitely, yeah, definitely there. Um, his short stuff is amazing. And he does it in so many different mediums. I mean, comic books, television, radio. Um, and then probably David Foster Wallace, actually, I'd have to say for that, which is interesting because he, his long stuff is really, really long. But then he writes or wrote some great uh, short fiction too, some great short stories. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I haven't actually read, I've read a bit of Neil Gaiman, but I haven't read much of David Foster Wallace, which is my, my fault. This is what happens if you do a, a, an English degree. You kind of, you do what's on the <laughs> syllabus, but you become fairly well read, but there are very specific types of writing yeah. that you never quite get into unless you force yourself. Um, however, my English degree did present me with uh, Ray Carver, who is probably oh, my, yeah. my favourite author, I think. Um, I, I absolutely love his stories, and, and I remember reading his his short stories for the first time and thinking, oh, right, you can, you don't have to use fancy words. <laughs> and that sounds like a stupid thing to say, <laughs> but it was just so, it's so economical, it's so tight, and it's all about the characters in the story and what, whatever he's trying to say in those two to 3,000 words. And it's just, it's, there's no fluff whatsoever. And I know a lot of that was down to his editor as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I love, uh, I absolutely love uh, uh, Ray Carver's stories. Um, and also, um, Margaret Atwood is one of my favourite authors as well, and she's written some good, some yeah. good short stuff. I've actually been—I th- I mentioned this to you as well before we started recording. I've—I've I've been thinking about writing um, a novella myself, but I obviously having got my first novel out and published, I—I I, I feel that inevitable pressure to, um, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> never, <clears throat> never eat a biscuit before you start recording a podcast, <clears throat> especially not an OT one. It was a hobnob, if anyone's interested. Um, I've been thinking about writing a novella because I think I've got the right idea for it and I know that, as you said really, that I don't think that there needs to be lots of other storylines I just I can just picture, I can picture twenty to 30,000 words of this particular story being told but I'm, I'm reluctant, uh, and again it comes back to this idea of perception I'm reluctant because I think that actually I should probably write my second novel and, you know, it will it will take me, it won't take me like a hugely shorter amount of time to write a, um, a novella as it would a novel you still have to put the same kind of thought into it so I've been a bit reluctant um, how do you feel about writing another one do you feel like it do you feel like it has the same kind of cachet almost would you would you go for it again uh, yeah I think so if I had the right idea um, I'm I've actually been writing some short stories recently as opposed to a novel or novellas and I'd like to do a possibly do a collection of that at some point I there's always an appeal to write something short i think it just if it's if it's the right idea sometimes i who knows i might i might decide that i was going to write a novella at some point and it turns out that that needs to be a lot longer than it is and what what would your advice be because we're we're almost out of time what what would your advice be to anyone who is thinking about writing a novella because it is it's not something that you see an awful lot of people writing um just that uh I'd say go for it, and that now is probably as probably a better time than any in the history of uh, reading, writing, and publishing to write a novella um, because it's because people it will attract a reader's attention span probably more than it would at any other time in history. That sounded awkward, but um. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think I think you're right. I think that it's um, yeah. We are on the cusp of uh, also we're not on the cusp. We're in the middle of huge changes to the way people yeah. absorb stuff. 
I think I, I just definitely think that if if someone wants to write shorter fiction, if they want to write a novella, if they want to write short stories, now is probably yeah, now's the best time. And have you found writing the novel harder? Yes. <laughs> and no, I suppose. Okay. Um yes in that it actually yeah, just yes. Um, which isn't to say that the novella wasn't hard they were hard they were both hard in different ways um there's a lot more to balance in writing a novel a lot more characters yes and uh, a bigger at least in my case it takes place over a much bigger time span it also gives you more freedom you get to play around with more creative writing styles and things like that too but yeah they're both hard they're hard in different ways in one in the novella it's hard it's hard to cut out the excess and to tighten it up and yeah. in the no- novel, it can be hard to effectively fill the space, if that makes sense. It does make sense. How did you decide what stayed in and what, and what goes? Because you, you are allowed that, the extra, when you know that you've got an extra 30,000 words, you know that that sort of very small kind of subplot that isn't really going to affect the main plot in much of a way, but it's just a nice thing to have. It's nice to have that chapter where, um, I don't know, Steve the Steve the plumber came in and had a conversation. This is the worst book ever. I'm describing. I don't know what that is, but um, <laughs> yeah, you know, there's little subplots which aren't necessarily part of the main story, but they add they add to the atmosphere. They add they add to the kind of general texture of the book. How do you decide to get rid of those? How do you know when those things are appropriate and, and not when you're writing a novella? Um, that goes back to what I said towards the beginning. Um, have I was fortunate to have some close friends and then later a good editor. Um, but especially those close friends who could beta read for me and who I could say, Hey, you know, read this and tell me what you think. And if, if you've got people you're close enough to, they'll tell you and they'll be honest and they'll say this, you don't need this or cut this or, and yeah. And did you ask them to be extra vigilant with that kind of thing? Because it it, it wasn't a, a longer piece. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much for uh, joining us, Sean. That was uh, fantastic. Really interesting. Um, it's made me think about going back to my novella idea, but I suspect I will have to write at least one more novel first before I go there. Um, in fact, one of the reasons that I've put that idea to one side is because I've told it two or three people the idea, as in what the kind of the general plot, and they've been absolutely horrified. <laughs> they just um, said it was far too. Um, harrowing because it's quite kind of a sad story which is kind of you know more or less what i do but um yeah they said it was a little bit too a little bit too um depressing um so i kind of thought okay maybe i'll put that to the side for for a moment (laughs) okay sean can you tell us before you go where the heck we can find you on the internet uh sure um i i am sean mahalik at sean mahalik on twitter s-a-j-w-n-m-i-h-a-l-i-k and uh, my website is seanmahalik.com or net. either one will take you there that's about it. Fantastic. And um, I'm Ian Broom. You can find me at ianbroom.com, I-A-I-N-B-O-O-O-M-E. And you can also find me um, on Twitter at Ian Broom. Same spelling. It would be ridiculous to have changed it. <laughs> Thank you for listening, uh, everyone. Don't forget to um, uh, to uh, leave a rating. I never say this, Sean. I, I, I hear other podcasts and people <laughs> say things at the end like, uh, don't forget to leave us a review. That'd be really kind if you do that. And I always forget. I just say and uh, and leave it at that so yeah if you like the podcast for goodness sake go and leave a rating in itunes it would mean the world to me i check them every day definitely oh god and that's it okay thanks very much sean and um, hopefully uh speak to you soon
Yes, thank you.